Here is the latest Minions and Musings call-in collective. Evil Jeff back behind the mic. Welcome into our call-in collective, and we've got two calls this week. Uh, Merc the Meek called in, and then Daniel over Bandits Keep called in. I'm going to take these in reverse order as they came in, because I think that it flows better the way I would like to talk about these two things here. So, let's start off with hearing what Daniel called in about. Evil Jeff, Daniel from Minutes Keep calling in. I really enjoyed your last episode. Lots of good stuff there, but what really stuck with me was when you were discussing kind of the world building with uh, Che and the uh, your elf character. You know, in an ideal situation, this is how I love to play. I, I love the idea of my players coming to me or working with me to create something unique. You know, it's it's great to sit down and play a game, even with the, you know, obviously many designers have spent a whole lot of time building worlds, creating awesome races and classes we can play and all these other fun things. But sometimes it's great just to sit down with a nice basic setup and then explore, right? Your your player wants to to do this kind of thing. How can we make that work? The DM wants to create this kind of world. How can the players contribute to that thing? So I love that you're doing that. Uh, you know, as you continue to do that, I'm sure you will. I'd love to hear more about it since you said uh, we could call in <laughs> with topics to talk about. I uh, I don't know if I called in about the contact poison, but, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm with you. I think it is a trap. I'm not sure that it's, it's unusable because it is a trap and it's a dungeon, but... Uh, you know, I definitely think, yes, it's a trap. You wouldn't put contact poison on coins you were going to spend. So the orc walking around with their pocket change, that would be silly to have contact poison on it for sure. Anyways, <laughs> I'll just keep that one going. Uh, great hearing you on the mic, and I'll talk to you soon. Yes, it is the topic that will not die. You know, that it's just the pun that was there. It's just <laughs> So, yeah. Thank you for calling in there, and you're right. And I, want, I still need to say that my whole point in that rant, which I think has gotten lost, is that there's got to be a reason for that contact poison. There's got to be a, a logical reason for it to be there. And pretty much is just, yeah, I am protecting something, so it's a trap, to kill people or it's going to do some something else that I need it to do. The one thing that came to mind was my uh, trademarked Lazy Lich character. <laughs> yes, that's trademarked. Nobody can use it now. So, what I was thinking was the Lich doesn't really, you know, once these minions and so forth, and you know, can raise them up, maybe, or maybe it's a necromancer, and a lazy necromancer, trademarked as well. But it doesn't want to go out and have to 
dig up bodies and do things like that. How about we put treasure out there, make it sound like a big hoard, let's put contact poison on it, you know, some stuff, and they use it, and they get out, they die, and he can raise them up. And look, he's got ready-made minions already for it. You know, same thing with the Lich. They think, these uh, adventurers think they're going to get out of the Lich's lair with this treasure, possibly. Nope, contact poison. <laughs> So that I can believe. You know, see, that, there's a purpose. Is it a trap? Yes, but it's a trap with a purpose. <laughs> yes, it's not just protecting something, which I think somebody brought up in another podcast, kind of the Indiana Jones style type thing. Oh, oh, well, you know, and the idea was maybe we'll put contact poison on the, the idol of the god or something like that. And I'm like, no, I don't think I would defame, profane the... The God's idol that way. That just that just seems mm, no. Mm-mm. Maybe the base around it that's going to sit on or something like that. But to actually put something on the idol or something, ee, that doesn't sit well with me. I mean, maybe it was, maybe it would work, but it just I, I just felt that was just not quite what you wanted to do there. But I get the idea, and, you know, it's protecting something. But where it's at, I think, is also to be questioned. But, yeah, I mean, just, again, it's just that whole piece of that having to go through and make sure that, you know, getting Pi all the potential traps that the GM had possibly set up on that stuff, and, you know, it's just dumb. I'm not going to put contact poison on really, really, you know, valuable stuff unless I know I'm going to have to kill you for it and I've got a reason for killing you. Again, see the necromancer or lich. That's just in my mind. But yeah, it it was, you know, it's got to be purposeful. Otherwise, it's, you know, a vengeful GM or something in my head. Uh, as for the world building, okay, well, I'll, we'll keep talking about it. Um, che does make mention a little bit of it on his show here and there. Uh, definitely in his uh, GM journal. Uh, and if you are a patron of Che's over there at Roleplay Rescue, you'll get a piece of it with the um, the uh, little zine that he's putting out. So we'll see how that works out. I've uh, contributed two things to it for uh, the elf. Kind of seeing how the elves view the world. And in particular that elf. Who is sadly no more. It was not contact poison. No, sorry. Alright, and now we'll get to the first call that I got in there from... Merc the Meek. Hey, Evil Jeff. It's nice to hear your voice again, podcasting. I'm glad you're feeling better. Sorry about all the sickness. I, I say sorry as if it's my fault. I'm sympathizing. Uh, yeah, interesting. <laughs> I, I don't... I, uh, the contact poison stuff, that's funny, right at the end. Um, well, it's interesting. I mean, uh, Pink Phantom, he did respond, uh, you know, and, and basically said... You know, it's no worse than any other save or die type of uh, nonsense 
Oh, that's my word. Um, so, and I'm from the sounds of it, I'm guessing you're not too keen on most of the other save or die stuff. So yeah, just a quick thought there. <laughs> you don't have to go on a rant or anything. Um, so there's that. Um, yeah, you know, you're touching back on your conference play again. And um, yeah, I was just thinking, you know, it is it is good to um, encourage people to, you know, play how they want to play. But I also think it's good for a player who might be doing something that that might not be uh, too pleasant to uh, just kind of check in at least real quick and, and make sure that everyone's still okay. Um, I don't think you have to go full on like, you know, safety tools or anything, but it does help to just, you know, remind everybody we're on the same page here, regardless of actions. So yeah, just another thought there. But yeah, hopefully you can get some topics and uh, yeah, look forward to your next podcast. Take care. I can't believe you don't want to take the, the blame for me being ill. I mean, God, nobody wants to do this. It's just, it's, it's hurting me. I thought you people, all my listeners were like, you know, keen to help me out there. No. Oh, and Mr. Bates decides to come and join me. Hey, buddy. So, yeah. If I want to rant, I will rant. And especially about contact poison. I mean, what else is there but to rant about contact poison? You know, we're just not letting this topic die ever. I just, you know. But th yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, I did hear Pink Phantom. And, um, no, it, it, I, I am perfectly fine with save or die mechanisms. And the dog is over here scratching himself. And he's getting ready to see if there's a save or die mechanism if he's not quiet. Come uh, come lay down over here. Lay down. Making all that noise on the podcast like you want to be her or something. <clears throat> but there's not a problem with save or die mechanisms. Again, as I just said to Daniel in the previous segment, it's got to be logical. There is a reason. If you want to play in a... If you have zero reason as to... Why this contact poison's there? It's just oh, it's just there. Then, to me, you're playing some sort of Gonzo world and or funhouse type thing. So yeah, who gives a rat's ass at that point anyway? But to me, there, I, I want to actually say this word: verisimilitude. What? No, no, I'm not gonna say that really. But again, I, I like to have a little bit of logical reasoning back behind it if we're going to do it so that's the uh thing i want to hear from everybody else show me come up with a logical reason why we have contact poison on treasure on money or gems or whatever Having the contact poison on something that somebody would spend. Okay? Now, I understand contact poison to protect it here and there. But again, why? if you can say, here's how I'm going to use contact poison to protect it, and you're going to wash it off and do things, 
let's be honest. People are lazy. And after having to do that maybe twice, somebody's going to be like, ah, oh, hell no, we're not going to do that again. we got to come up with something different. Be, be honest with yourself. Think about it. How many times have you done something, oh, I'll do it this way. And after a couple times, you're like, nah, no, let's come up with something else. People are lazy. We are all late. We try to do things <coughs> in the most minimal fashion we can. And almost started coughing right there. So, <laughs> had to pause. But yeah, if somebody can give me valid reason, a valid scenario where something that would be spent, would be used, has contact poison on it, I, I'm all ears. But we're talking, it's got to be a realistic, you know, it needs to have some logic back behind it. And I will wait to hear this. Now, speaking on your part there about the play, the player in the can, uh, in the um, convention game, um, I agree. You know, it, when somebody's doing something a little different, uh, maybe. And I guess the idea in my head now that I think about it is the fact that he's playing with people that he doesn't know. <clears throat> I want to say this might have been the first convention he had been to. Now, there's two guys that had never played Castle and Crusades. One of them I know had said that this is the first convention they'd ever been to. The other one didn't say that. And from a comment that was made, I want to say that this might have been like the second or third convention they'd been to. Regardless, you know, I can see where if you're not playing with people you're familiar with and you're like going to do something, you're thinking, okay, this might be breaking some sort of social contract or is this right? Yeah, I think we were, we're right to go, hey, yeah, no problem. Play how you want to play. And it was right for him to check in. That's cool. I understand that. Um, and, you know, just so, you know, Merck, you, uh, other people that have probably listened to me long enough and other things know, um, <clears throat> anytime somebody brings up the, you know, the safety tools and things like that, if I ever see a game that's, you know, played and they're like, oh, we're going to have these safety tools, yeah, <clears throat> I'm out. Because I, I, I just have a hard time, real, you know, Deciding I can play in a game where somebody needs to have safety tools for whatever reason. Um, I am one to sit there and talk it out in the beginning. If as a player, and this is my opinion here, as a player, if you have a problem with something. Whether it be uh, spiders or situations or things like that. That's where you, as an adult, should go to the GM and go, Hey, I don't like these things. You know, you know. oh, you're going to play a game? Great. By the way, I don't like these things, just so you know. So I hope we don't have those in the game. You know, there should be that conversation ahead of time. Be an adult and do this. You know, to me, a safety tool at the 
at a table would be like the idea there that you're playing with people you don't know and you're not sure how this game's going to go. This is a tool to help ensure that people are comfortable with what's going on. That I understand. But when we've got people coming together that may know each other, they're going to be playing for a longer period of time, this should be a conversation that's had. I just, you know, and any game somebody wants to play with safety tools, that's just not me. You know, and for good or bad, that, that's just the way it's going to be. So, is that going to limit who I play with? Probably. But I'm also a picky person of who I want to play with, so I guess it, you know, cuts both ways. Anyway, so that's just being aggravating there. <laughs> but yeah, thanks for uh, calling in there. So looking ahead, we got probably two more podcasts to do this year. I think uh, I'll have a chance to talk with Jay, and we'll find out, uh, you know, what we're what he and I would be comfortable releasing there for our world building. Um, still want to give the you know, keep it close to the vest. Uh, I, I'm not saying we're trying to keep it private, but you know, you know, want to keep some mystery in there. But again, we'll I'll talk with him. I don't think he's going to have a problem with it. You know, Che listens to this show enough. Um, begin his world, so I allow him to have, uh, you know, say on what it ends up being. The one of the other podcasts I probably will do might be after the beginning of the year. Uh, thanks to Merck the Meek talking about playing uh, Mouse Guard with his girls. Well, me and Bravo bought me an RPG last year and reminded me of it the other day. And with Merck playing that with his girls, I was like, you know what? I've got a RPG about mice. Let me get back into it because I started reading it and then put it to the side. Let me get back there and start reading it again and see what it's like. You know, kind of give some thoughts on it. First thought I can definitely tell you about right now, though. Beautiful artwork. Love it. That's probably the biggest draw that both me and Bravo and I had was the artwork. It's just astounding. It's great. But, you know, I think that's about all. Well, one other thing. You know, uh, a thought that occurred listening to call-in show that Jason over at Nerds RPG Variety Cast put out, and one of his callers that you know sometimes, yeah, and I think we all—well, I should say we all—I'd say there are times that many of us have listened to call-ins and hear somebody call in and they start talking, and you're after a minute or two, you're like really whatever and you just get past it and maybe skip past that segment or something you know i, I mean I, I do it i do i listen to every second of every podcast no sometimes the topic is not something that i'm wild about you know so like yeah if it's if it's nothing that i think i'm going to find edifying or you know maybe enjoy because there's sometimes that podcasts come out and 
yeah, nice content, but it's not something a top guy would enjoy. And just like when I put out the Talislanta podcast, I know that is stuff that people won't enjoy. Not everybody. Some people will, but there are ones out there. And if you're not listening to it, cool. You know what you like. You know what you're interested in. Do so. Back on point. One of his callers talked about players and made the comment about players being adversarial. And that got me thinking. When I play, do I play in an adversarial way? You know, I asked the question a while back about what type of player am I? What type of player do I want to be? And it got me to thinking, am I adversarial? When I play with my minions, those brief chances we get, as a GM, am I adversarial? As a player, are they adversarial? Because I will say with Minion Bravo and myself, um, you know, there's a little bit of competition there. I know how he thinks and he knows how I think, so, you know, it's a game of wits. Good thing we don't have any Iocane powder out there. But that's not a contact poison, so we're not really worried about it. But am I adversarial? Or when I play with other people, am I adversarial? And I think that's one of the things I'll muse on as uh, we go through this holiday season. Hopefully everybody is going to have a wonderful holiday. Um, I will say that it's unfortunate this time of year um, things do occur. And I want to make mention of a good friend of mine who has occasionally listened to the podcast, but a good friend from high school, uh, his mother uh, recently passed away. So um, he lives over in London uh, for his company, Um, had had been living in Hong Kong for years and years and years, and got out right before it went batshit crazy over there and got to London. And then we went into lockdown due to COVID. So... (laughs) It's been kind of hard to keep up with him here and there, but uh, his mother recently passed away, one that I was able to go visit uh, before at the nursing home she was at, not long after she got put in. Um, yeah, he's, uh, it's, it's really tough this time of year, and I know it's kind of coloring him a little bit, um, and his, you know, it's interesting, I think his stepdad, uh, if I remember correctly, had passed away several years ago, probably eight, ten years ago, um, right after Thanksgiving. And it's just one of those things. I, I know it's a little bit of a downer, but just remember those around us. Not everybody is being uh, as holly, you know, holly jolly as some of us. So remember your fellow man. They might be hurting. And give them that extra love. Give them that extra concern. Give them that extra little bit of space they may need. You never know what good that can do for somebody. 
kind of a weird way to end the show, but just kind of think about it this time of year. But I hope everybody has a great Christmas, great holiday season, and we'll see you again on the next episode of Me and Some Musings.